Radio Network at JournalKing.com. Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of May 12th, 2020. And this is episode number 435, and this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons. And we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. It's Tuesday, and it's uh, it's not snowing out. We've had uh, snow here the last two days here in northeast Ohio. I'm not sure what is going on. Polar caps melting and uh, everything's going asunder all over the world, but we're getting snow. I, I don't get it. Um, but anyway, paranormal news this week. We have a very short, I promise, very short conference update. I'm not going to spend 25 minutes talking about conference updates, uh, only a couple, couple minutes. Uh, we'll talk about a gorilla on the loose in Scotland, maybe. Uh, Project Blue Book, we're going to talk about that for a moment. Uh, we'll also talk MUFON sighting statistics for the month of April. And speaking of UFOs, we'll talk about Harry Reid, how he's continuing to campaign for UFOs. And we'll also have a crop circle story. I'm really excited about that. I haven't had a crop circle story in I don't know how long. It's been a while. And speaking of being a while, we've got Dita in the house tonight in the chat room. And if you're not... In the chat room, well, shame on you. Well, no, that's that's okay. I'm not going to make fun of you. Uh, we all have our things to do. I get it. Uh, but I uh, do appreciate everybody in the chat room, as, as well as all of you who are not in the chat room. As long as you're listening, I greatly appreciate you for listening to this show. So uh, what else did I have? I, I don't have anything else. So I guess we'll jump into the uh, conference update for this week, and you know, it's it's just been a real struggle. I feel like I spent more time playing around or researching or looking these things up or contacting people or looking on Facebook for all this stuff than any other thing I've been doing. So I'm kind of pulling back the reins a little bit uh, on the uh, conference updates, but I think it's kind of starting to level out a little bit. It seems like a lot of these conferences are just saying, you know what, we're not going to toy around. We had a, a conference in April. We delayed it till June, and now what? So we're just going to go to next year. So a lot of these conferences are going to next year, which I think is really the smartest thing. Uh, you know, I, if I had one in May or June, I wouldn't just push it to August or September. Chances are uh, you're going to hurt yourself. A lot of people aren't going to want to go, uh, or you're not going to be allowed to have too many people in the first place. Uh, so anyway... Uh, we're still seeing things that are canceled, postponed, with no date announced. Uh, some postponed with a makeup date or rescheduled later in the year. And again, like I said, more increasingly rescheduled for 2021, which is just kind of scary and crazy. Uh, but I, I guess it's it's what you got to do at this point in time with everything that's that's going on and the uh, uncertainty behind what we're going to be able to do in a month or two or three months from now. Uh, I mean, I don't even know about next year. What's, what's really going to happen next year? We, we don't even know that. 
And uh, yeah, the entire calendar, I was so proud of this when, when I had it uh, all put together earlier this year, late last year, and uh, kept adding more and more to it. Now it's a complete disaster. It's a complete mess. Uh, but I've done the best that I can do to uh, to keep it updated as, as best as I can. I don't know how many people are really going to – a lot of people want to get out. So I see that a lot of people want to go to these things. But uh, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be buying tickets in anticipation for some of these when most of these events have a no-cancellation policy. So uh, you can't get your money back if they cancel. So I, I don't know. It's kind of a catch-22. A few updates I have this week. Uh, really nothing in the ghost field. Most of the conferences are in June. I think there is one in late May, but uh, they're all seeming like they're in a holding pattern. They're under the notion that they're going to go on as planned uh, or at least with some some measures in place. So maybe having a lesser amount of people maybe in the the arena or the conference area or whatever um masks might be uh something that they they make mandatory i don't know but uh, to each zone conference and i guess it depends on the state and what uh legislation is 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 under you know what they're what they have to confide in as far as what the rules are at the time in the place um and everything's changing so fast. It's really hard to say what's going to happen for any of these, uh, no matter where you're going. Um, let's see, the UFO field. Uh, we have uh, contact in the desert. Been kind of waiting on this one. Was wondering what they're going to do with so many speakers heading to that. Uh, it's literally like 50 speakers, and they're all, you know, top people. Uh, you, you figure they'd have to make a decision way early. They can't wait till the week the weekend before. Uh, so contact the de- in the desert uh, in Indian Wells, California, set for May 29th through June 1st. That's been postponed to June 4th through the 7th of 2021. So they've gone ahead and said, you know what? Uh, let's not play around. Let's just reschedule this for next year. And I think that's a very smart thing. Uh, the Roswell UFO Festival has been canceled for 2020. Uh, I think they have a date for 2021 already, maybe. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that's been rescheduled already for next year. If not, it's it's done. It's done. It's not here. Um, not going to happen this year. It's crazy. And, you know, Roswell's done a lot of work in the city to uh, change things. I know there was a little bit of uh, people weren't happy. They, they moved the festival out from downtown to uh, a different area. And I know people were not happy about that. So now this is even worse. No festival at all. Uh, The MUFON Symposium, another big event. Uh, This has been moved from July 17th uh, and through the 19th, all the way to September 25th through the 27th in Las Vegas, Nevada. So uh, they're banking on a couple of months uh, two, you know, two full months that uh, they should be able to uh, go on as planned for the most part. I'm sure they'll be doing a lot of remote stuff with that. Uh, the 2020 ECBRO Virginia Bigfoot Con that was set to take place June 27th through 28th uh, has been postponed until June 26th and 27th 
of 2021. And my guess, I'm not sure what ECBR, I think that's East, East Coast Bigfoot Researchers Organization. I'm just guessing. I'm pretty good at my um, paranormal acronyms. Yeah, so another one that's postponed until next year. Next year is going to be pretty crowded. Uh, with uh, I don't know. If, I doubt any of these events are really going to do multiple uh, events in a year. But uh, it's weird that they're saying postponed until now. It's really, to me, it's canceled. But I, I guess with the uh, COVID-19, with a lot of the closures and things, people are just just saying, well, this 2020, we can't do a do-over, so we're just going to put it. Uh, to next year. So uh, that's really all I have as far as conferences and conventions. Uh, I'm trying to keep my eyes peeled on a few. Most of the big ones now are pretty much taken care of. There's a few uh, other ones that are um, waiting on dates that are supposed to show up for the fall. And, you know, here in Ohio, we this week we're kind of ramping up to go back to Dare I say normal? I don't know what normal is going to be anymore. Um, but some things are opening up. So I don't know how that's going to affect things moving forward here in Ohio. And other states are probably at that point as well that they're opening up different things like restaurants. I know a lot of people are waiting for the barbershops here in Ohio to open up this weekend. And different companies, different businesses and things are about ready to start ramping up. So we'll see. But uh, I do anticipate probably, um, I don't know, it's probably a second wave to hit either late May or early June. And it's going to cause a lot more problems. And we maybe go back under a lockdown again. I don't know. But uh We'll see people are getting really, really on the edge about all this protests and people throwing a fit and beating people up and breaking people's arms. And it's, you know, the whole, whole civil rights thing and, you know, my ability to be free. Well, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's been I really haven't noticed because I've been working. I go to work every day. My life hasn't changed too much except for the threat of people coming in with no masks where I work and sick people and entire families all trouncing around all over the place that I have to deal with but uh, trying to keep myself uh, from getting sick and uh, staying healthy and keeping my family healthy and beyond that you know I haven't been on lockdown you know I haven't been locked in the house uh, like some people so I you know I I don't get stir crazy anyway you could lock me in here for a year and I'd be like, can I have another, please? That wouldn't bother me a bit. I got a lot of book projects I need to work on, some boxes to unpack. I need to finish this, uh, my office in here. It's, I finally got my desk. And everything's going pretty good. But yeah, I just bought a house, so I have a lot of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, I, I get it. A lot of people are getting stir crazy, and the, the weather's getting better, except for here in Ohio. So I get it. People want to get out, and they want to see and do and uh, go. But we have to be careful. This thing isn't over yet, and it can still kill people. It may not kill you, but it could kill somebody you know. So keep that in mind. Anyway, we're going to jump into cryptid news for this week. I don't think you came here to listen to me talk about COVID-19. You get enough of that on CNN. Who's sleeping? I'm not sleeping. Uh, cryptid news. So I've been accused uh, a couple of times of having clickbait titles on some of my social media posts, 
uh, and for the title of some of my stories. Sometimes I, yeah, I get a little close. It's not like I'm making money doing this. Come on, I'm, do, I'm doing this for, for you guys. I'm doing it for free, basically. Um, but this week's lead-off story is titled Gorilla on the Loose in Scotland. Didn't do a very good job with that, but it ends with a question mark. Gorilla on the Loose in Scotland? I guess that's better. Uh, and hopefully leads one to suggest that it's probably not true. Not trying to mislead you here. Uh, so Mike Rutherford. I'll give it away. Usually I kind of build toward the reality. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right up front. So Mike Rutherford. He's the man under the gorilla costume that's been literally running around Scotland. It all started back in 2005 when he and his wife Eileen visited Ro- Rwanda and they were able to see mountain gorillas in the wild. Well, that would be wild. I've seen them in, in the zoos uh, where it looks like there's just a hill and they're just beyond the hill, but it's not the same thing. Uh, in 2006, he received his gorilla suit as part of the Great Gorilla Run, which was a charity race that was supposed to occur in London and Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, but unfortunately, they couldn't get enough people. So Mike says, unfortunately, they did not get enough participants for the Scottish race. But instead of sending the suit back, I suggested doing my own thing, unquote. Well, his own thing is raising money for the Wildlife Trade Monitoring Network, the leading non-governmental organization working globally on the trade of wild animals and plants. Mike explains, quote, they are working on issues connected with the COVID-19 outbreak, such as trying to control the trade in wildlife by tracing where plants and animals are harvested and where they are exported to, lobbying governments to better regulate the trade, and perhaps most importantly, using education and campaigning to try and change people's behaviors so the demand is lessened. They do a lot of work in China and Southeast Asia as well as around the world. Getting to the root cause of the problem is important to me, and although there are many deserving charities out there dealing with the problems created by the pandemic, I wanted to focus on the underlying causes, unquote. Uh, Mike is also a zoologist and museum curator and worked at the Glasgow Museums until moving to Trinidad and Tobago to be the curator at the University of the West Indies back in 2010. His work in the suit was highlighted during the 2.6 challenge of the London Marathon back in April, although he has kept up his public appearances since then. Uh, Being in the gorilla suit has given him a bigger appreciation for the National Health Service of the United Kingdom. Uh, He says, quote, when I put on the suit and go for a run, it's hot, itchy, and fairly unpleasant, especially wearing the mask which makes breathing harder and limits your vision. However, doing this has made me even more respectful and empathic, empathic, I guess. Yeah, empathic. Spelled that wrong. Uh, Towards all the health workers having to wear full PPE for 12-hour shifts, which is much harder than just going for a 45-minute run in a hairy suit. Unquote. Yeah, I I can vouch for that. I've worn different costumes over the years and i'll tell you it's um it does it limits your vision it makes it uh, really itchy and you uh 
you have to stay in character. Though, I, I guess it'd be pretty easy to be a gorilla and scratch your face, though. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's tough work, but it's pretty cool how he correlates that to um, wearing PPE for an entire shift. Even though, as a doctor, I'm sure you're pretty much used to it after a while. Uh, so, Mike has personally raised 900 pounds sterling, which is just over $1,100 U.S., so that's pretty cool. Um, that's why I really normally I wouldn't talk about a, a silly story about some guy running around in the gorilla costume, although I've probably covered about four or five of those, including the one, unfortunately, where the guy wearing the Bigfoot costume got hit by a car by a, um, I think she was a teenager. I got to find out how she's doing. Um, but, you know, this, this is a little. St- I don't know, more silly kind of a story. But there and again, it ties into COVID-19 and it ties into people giving back, which we need more of that. You know, it seems like, you know, talking to a lot of people today about how it seems like people are, the longer this goes on, the more and more people are all out for themselves and uh, buying as much as they can for their family. And who cares about so, so-and-so and such-and-such such neighbor or the guy down the street? Um, and we're not going to get far with that kind of mentality. So it's great to hear about somebody like Mike Rutherford uh, doing something for the greater good of the world. Makes you feel all tingly inside. So UFO News, well, I better put that link in the chat room before I get carried away. But a bad habit of not putting that in the chat room. So if you're in the chat room, that's an added bonus. Not only will you get... Uh, to hang out with people like uh, Dita and Paul and all the other people that are hanging out in the chat room. Uh, but you'll you'll also get some behind-the-scenes stuff. So some of the links to some of these stories. You'll also get uh, – I have a picture coming up that really kind of puts that extra dynamic to a story. When I'm trying to describe a photograph, if you've not seen it, it makes it a lot easier when you're in the chat room and poof. There it is. It just pops up in front of you, and you can check it out yourself. Um, man, I think only one picture tonight, though. You're not missing too much. Yeah, watch out. A link coming out. I have a bad habit of hitting people with these links when I throw them in there. But anyway, uh, that is your cryptid news for this week. It's really thin. Uh, not too much. Generally, cryptid stories are all about Bigfoot. Although we've had a lot of thylacine stuff lately, but... I don't know where Bigfoot's been. I think he's been hiding. He's on vacation. I guess he's just he's just on lockdown. Uh, UFO news. So kind of dreading this. You, you know, we've entered a weird, a weird, weird era as far as television shows and movies, for that matter, are concerned. Uh, generally, uh, TV shows are still filming when the seasons start, and they're Uh, a month or two or more ahead sometimes. And uh, just as filming wraps up for a season, you're generally, uh, you know, five or six episodes out. So you're about two months out. And so the season will wrap up and then uh, there's hype behind your uh, final episodes. And then the, you know, they finally, uh, you know, show these episodes and then you find out the fate of the TV show, whether they're going to get uh, re-signed, they're going to be another season. 
sometimes it's pretty easy to to know that's going to come back. Um, sometimes it's not, and sometimes in the case of Supernatural TV show Supernatural, like I think it was last year, year before. I can't remember how long I've been actually watching it. Not very long. I remember trying to watch it years and years ago, and I thought it was really stupid. But I actually got into it a couple of years ago and just finally finished uh, season 14, looking forward. I was hoping to finish it in time to start watching season 15 live, but strangely, the last two episodes were never filmed. So they kind of got left hanging. And there's a lot of other shows that were like that. I know a non-paranormal show called uh, The the Prodigal Son, which is a really good TV show if you've not seen that one. Uh, luckily, they filmed the ending to that, but they had two other episodes that they're going to put uh, all this on, but they couldn't finish those two episodes. So they ended up just kind of chopping that down and having the, the season finale. But uh, unfortunately, coming to find out the fate of some TV shows, and we've got sad news this week uh, as far as UFO shows are concerned. One of the probably one of the best, I think it's really the only show on UFOs right now. Project Blue Book, the History Channel's not-so-accurate historical portrayal of Dr. Alan Hynek and his journey into the world and through the world of UFO investigation, unfortunately has been canceled following season two. So we will not get a season three, at least on the History Channel. I'm kind of shocked by that. I thought it was doing really well. Um both season one and two both contained 10 episodes and season one averaged about 3.265 million viewers while season two was estimated to have an, an average of about 2.4 and eh, 2.5 million viewers round that up for him. Uh, the show was scrutinized over its blend of real people and events mixed with fictitious events or putting together a series of events that existed over time and what was seemingly one event during the show and calling it based on real events, which of course was not true. Uh, a lot of uh, experts that talk about TV shows says that the only people really watching this were people that were into UFOs, which is probably partially true, but I'm sure with the history channel, you're feeding off of the people that watch that uh, other historical nonsense stuff on UFOs. I think you know what I'm talking about that other show. Um, let's see well yeah I, I mean that was my complaint too about the show uh, it was based on real people and some real events while much of the show is based on speculation stories and the, pers the basically the perspective of people that were in the UFO field and they just kind of put everything into a blender and, and hit PRA at times but still all that aside, I really think it was a really good show. It was uh, very entertaining. Um, pretty good acting for the most part, but uh, I think it just the way they if, – if they would have just said, yeah, most of this isn't true, but parts of this are reportedly true, I think it would have had more uh, – it would still have the bang that it had, I think. I still think it was a good TV show regardless of, of my arguments over things. Um and the plot seemed like it was pretty good. There's a few things that kind of it kind of went way over out in left field for them. They just kind of left it hanging. But um, 
I don't know. I think it was a pretty darn entertaining show. I'm sad to see it go, and I've watched all 20 episodes. I've kept up to date with it. Uh, a lot of loose plot pieces that are uh, not going to get solved now. I mean, biggest of which, if you've watched it, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about the end of season two. So if you've not seen the show, uh, plug your ears real quick just for a second here. Uh, the supposed demise of Captain Michael Quinn, although uh, if you've been paying attention the last few episodes, you can uh, speculate that he's going to be found miles away from where this uh, submarine incident occurred. And I would tell you to unplug your ears, but if you're plugging your ears, you probably can't hear me. So I don't know. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, yeah, I've kind of given up on that for the most part. I'll probably, uh, I probably might stop, watch, stop watching it again, but kind of sidestep that uh, a little bit. And uh, to answer the question, I see a question in there way back when. Uh, am I holding an event next year? Uh, no. More than likely not, especially with all this stuff going on now. Uh, more than likely not going to have uh, a paranormal conference. I'm kind of thinking about one a, a few years down the road. I'm going to do something a little different than I did last time. Um, but I want to plan it way out ahead. I'm not going to just – I kind of did it last minute, even though I know better from experience. But, uh, yeah, definitely not one next year. Uh, no way. Not happening. Uh, so let me put that sad link in chat. Yeah, I was pretty shocked. I figured that uh, Project Blue Book, uh, it seemed like it was pretty steady. A lot of TV shows drop off after uh, their second year, sophomore slump. It's, it's pretty normal. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised that... Uh, it it didn't yeah it didn't renew and I kind of figured that not that it was a shoe in but I figured you know you, you got a show uh, like Ancient Aliens that's been on for over ten years that you know it took a while to really take hold it didn't take hold right away uh, a lot of his other TV shows I know Hangar One which is now on Netflix if you've not seen that uh, Hangar One just came across it on Netflix the other night. Uh, that took a little while, too, and it got really popular right toward the end of that show. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I just think it's kind of not fair that it just got left hanging there right at the end of season two. But uh, I've also read that they are looking at potentially marketing the show toward uh, other networks and... They said that they have um, – I don't know if it's scripts or things written up that are uh, basically ready to go. So they could start filming um, pretty quick. And if you put it on another show uh, – I should say another channel, syndicate it. You're talking uh, 20 episodes, so at least 20 weeks. You could probably chop that down to, what, about 16 if you did – Two episodes, special, starting season one, finishing season one, beginning season two, and ending season two. It's kind of how they sometimes do it, putting back-to-back -back episodes on. So you could probably do that to build viewership on another, um, you know, a new network and probably get that going. But, yeah, it's, it's – uh, 
it's gone. But uh, yeah, like they said, you know, and I've I've heard this a million times, a million TV shows. Hey, we're going to try to get this uh, on another network. Well, the bad part about that is generally what happens is once the show is said that it's not going to be back, the actors and actresses, uh, they need work. So they sign up for other TV shows or other movies, which then uh, hurts their availability for these shows if they do come back on the air. So pretty much they sidestep going in there. Really and truly, I think you only have, uh, it's really, I guess, four. Uh, you got Hynek, Quinn, uh, Mimi, Hynek, and the general, James Harding, that would really be the only four people that really would have to come back. But uh, you could do without everybody else. Uh, you know, Susie Miller character and some of the other uh, side people, you could probably change them and nobody would even notice. Uh, but still, that's asking a lot. Uh, I'm sure this show has gotten a lot of people uh, on this cast list notice for other TV shows. And they're going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff filming next year. Or this year, hopefully this year. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to, I don't know. We'll see. And let's see, we also have MUFON. Yes, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, has released their sighting statistics for the month of April for 2020. Now, last month, we saw a big spike in sighting reports, more than likely due to a combination of COVID-19 lockdowns as well as Starlink sightings. So people seeing these these uh, satellites flying through uh, lower Earth orbit, uh, reflecting light from the from the sun, and uh, people, oh wow, look at those UFOs, and then reporting to move. That's exactly what they sound like too, and they reported to MUFON, and it goes into their file as being UFOs, uh, even though they're explainable. Uh, so for March last. I guess two months ago now, uh, MUFON reported a total of 883 reports with 672 in the United States. So this was the first time that total cases had cracked 800 since August of 2017. Uh, I figured this would be a one-month spike as I put in my prediction for... What did I say? 640, yeah. 645 total sightings and 512 U.S. I wasn't going to lie about that. I was going to. I was just really hoping that Dita would not be here tonight. The first night I was hoping that she would not be in the chat room to find out just how bad I was off. Boy, was I wrong. I was way out there. Um, yeah, so I said 645 total and 512 U.S. So I kind of backed off. The uh, the totals for last month, I figured it was just a one-time deal, but I was way off. So for the month of April, MUFON reported a total of 1,026 reports from around the world. That's right, 1,026. And this represents the highest total of UFO reports to MUFON since August of 2015. And in that year, MUFON was in the news. Uh, they were all over television as well with the show Hangar One. That got them plenty of press. 
I think that was the last year of Hangar 1, but uh, uh, a lot of media back then for that and a lot of other things. Uh, so the 1,026 total reports in the in the uh, the total uh, United States was of course number one since MUFON is based here in the United States. Uh, 770 reports. It's like I wasn't even trying. It's off by 200 and too much. Uh, this is also the highest total for U.S. sightings in the last five years. Now, the United Kingdom was second with 93 sightings, followed by Canada with 52. Brazil had 11. India turned in 10. Australia had 7. France also had 7. Mexico, Netherlands, and Germany all had 6. Uh, 34 other countries turned in five or less reports i'm not going to read all those uh with 23 of those only turning in one report each uh of the 770 united states sightings california of course led the way um they had 90 90 sightings texas was second with 53 followed by florida with 46, Washington State, I always say state, because there is D.C. Sometimes if I just say Washington, people wonder which one. Uh, 35 for Washington State. Arizona had 33. Illinois had 30. Pennsylvania had 29. Georgia turned in 28. Michigan had 27. New York had 25. Oregon had 23. North Carolina turned in 21. Ohio had 20, Missouri, Colorado, Indiana, Minnesota, and Wisconsin each had 18 apiece. Kansas and New Mexico had 13 each, while Kentucky, New Jersey, and South Carolina each had 12. Uh, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Idaho, and Virginia had 11 each. Nevada had 10, Iowa had 9, Utah 8. UFO reports, uh, Alabama, Maine, and Massachusetts had seven reports each. Mississippi, Montana, and Maryland had six each. Wyoming, Louisiana, and Connecticut had four. Uh, Vermont and New Hampshire had three apiece. Delaware and Hawaii had two each. And why not? Let's finish it off. Nebraska, Rhode Island, and West Virginia had one apiece. It's not bad, though, for Rhode Island. There's only, what, 20 people that live there? Something like that. Uh, 25? I don't remember. Uh, the per capita numbers. So this is where things get interesting. I know there's a lot of numbers, uh, but numbers are kind of science. Science-y, at least. Um, statistics. Numbers. So, you know, I could read how many sightings each state had, and it sounds impressive. Well, California had the most at 90. Well, California also leads the United States in population. So how does that translate to um, the other states? So if we look at, well, we've got to have a baseline. So if we start with the total U.S. number of 770 sightings of the 50 states, uh, because MUFON uses, uh, they say Puerto Rico is a different country. I don't know why. 
that's just what they do. I'm not in charge of it. If I was, it would be totally different anyway. Um, so that was 770 signings. Comes to a 0.23 per 100,000 people. Or you could say one in every 426,286 people reported a UFO in the United States in April. Uh, overall. Um yeah, so with that baseline, now we can look at California. California is kind of also another baseline. Uh, they were actually in line with the U.S. total with a 0.23 per capita. A little lower, though, because there were one in every 439,025, so a little less than the U.S. total uh, overall. And you wouldn't be able to tell that by me just saying 0.23. Uh, so California, even with its spectacular 90 sightings, was actually below normal. Uh, so some other states with some significant per capita numbers. These were states that were holding California above, as well as some other states. Uh, Wisconsin, which is number 20 in state population, they had eight, uh, 18 reports. So that's a 0.31 per 100,000 people or basically one in every 323,468 people reported a UFO to MUFON in the month of April. Uh, Colorado, number 21 in state population. Uh, they also had 18 reports. They also had a 0.31, uh, but they were a little bit better. So they were one in 319,930 people. Uh, Minnesota, number 22 in state population. They also had 18 reports. Uh, they had a 0 0.32 per 100,000 people, or translates to one in every 313,312 people. So getting better. Uh, Kansas, number 35 in state population. They had 13 reports. Translates to a 0.45 per 100,000 people. So a little less than one per 200,000, basically. Uh, or you could say one in every 224,101 people. I guess more over 200,000. Uh, Arizona, number 14 in state population. And a whopping 33 reports. That's pretty good for them. Uh, but wasn't as good as I thought. 0.45 per 100,000. Uh, basically, one in every 220,567 people. Washington State, as I mentioned earlier, number 13 in state population. They had 35 reports. This translates to a 0.46 per 100,000 people uh, per capita or one in every 217,000. 568 people reported a UFO in Washington State last month. Uh, Vermont, all the way down there in state population, number 49. And they only had three reports. But with that, we can look at the uh, per capita is 0.48 per 100,000 people, just over 200,000. So one in every 208,000 people. So you can see how this, uh, how these numbers change. So Vermont, lower state population, 
low amount of cases, but it's still pretty high in per capita. Uh, Idaho, number 38 in state population. They had 11 reports, uh, but they turned in a 0.615 per 100,000 people or one in every 162,460 people. New Mexico, number 36 in state population, 13 reports, 0.62 per 100,000. Uh, or one in every 161,294. Yeah, this is me breaking down the math. It's a lot of numbers. You know how sore my fingers are from counting this stuff? Uh, Wyoming, number 50 in state population. Yeah, dead last. Uh, They had a 0.69 per 100,000 people. Um, What was Wyoming? I don't think it was very much, was it? forget how many... Uh, Wyoming, where are they at? Uh, four. So they had four reports. About a whopping 0.69 per 100,000 people or one in every 144,690 people. It's pretty good. Uh, I'll give them the nod. Well, I don't know. Maybe New Mexico? Yeah, I'll give New Mexico the win this week. Uh, 13 reports, 0.62. You guys win. So congratulations to Mexico. Your award is in the mail. Uh, the top shape reported was Starlike with 207 reports. Circle with 179. Spear with 99. Uh, Unknown was 89. Other was 71. I don't know what the difference between other and unknown is. Uh, triangle had 59. Uh, disc had 51. Oval. 42, Cigar, 24, Fireball, 19, probably just a meteor, Uh, Cylinder, 16, Boomerang, 14, Square, Rectangular, 14, Uh, A Flash, 12, probably just a meteor, Uh, Tic Tac Shape, 8, Diamond, 8, Blimp, Egg, Teardrop, and Bullet or Missile had 6 each, Uh, Saturn-like had 4, probably just Saturn. Uh, Cross and Cone had three, and Chevron, not the gas station, had two. Yes, the shape. So interesting enough, too, we're starting to get towards summertime. And there, there's some big things coming up in the next few months as far as uh, space is concerned. And so as we look forward to May's numbers, there's a couple of things that I think may have uh, a little bit to do with the, the numbers it's continuing to be pretty big. Uh, there are two meteor showers this month. Uh, one Starlink launch on May 17th, at least. At least. Uh, and these are the first to have the uh, Virosat sunshade. So these are supposed to block reflectivity. Uh, but the launch will surely cause UFO sightings. It does every single time so far that this thing is launched. Um what, six, six times? Six times. So this is going to be number seven. Uh, number eight should launch at the end of May as well. So we may have uh, two in the month of May. That's going to definitely cause some cases uh, to spike. But again, uh, as I mentioned before, if you've not listened to me talk about the MUFON sighting statistics, uh, so the way MUFON does that is 
Uh, if they get a report in the month of April, it doesn't matter if it happened in 1976 in October, they still count it toward the month of April of 2020. So even if it's something that happened a long time ago, as long as it's mentioned in that month, I know it doesn't make sense. They should have made me in charge of all this. I would have would have done this in a better way. Trust me. Um, it's not how I would organize it at all. Um, so it, it kind of, you know, kind of ruins that. Yeah, we had a record month, but maybe people were just bored and finally had the time to talk about their UFO sightings that they haven't had time for months. I'm sitting around. I've cut my grass uh, three times this week. What else am I going to do? I've watched all the Netflix series I've wanted. Uh, made the puzzle nine times. I've actually talked to my family twice. What else can I do? Oh, yeah, that UFO report from 1976. Maybe I'll get to that. Probably a true story. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, May. How could I forget? Uh, the SpaceX launch of the manned Dragon spacecraft. That's exciting. Uh, there's going to be talk about this. It's going to be all over the news. Uh, nobody's talking about it now because of the stupid COVID thing going around. Uh, but I guarantee you, we get toward the end of May, and this is going to take. This is going to be headlines. So this is going to be something that everyone's going to be talking about. The SpaceX launch of the manned Dragon spacecraft. Uh, it's going to be May 27th at 4:32 p.m. at the Kennedy Space Center. Uh, yeah, I'll probably be watching that live, to be honest. Uh, I've kind of been all over the place with my predictions, I know. Um, but I'm going to go ahead, especially since Dita's listening, and make one for the month of May. So jot this down. I know I'm going to be way off, but that's okay. As long as I'm better than this month. This month is horrible. Uh, let's see. So for May... May's MUFON sighting statistics, I'm going to predict 914 total worldwide sightings. I know that's going to be low. It's probably going to be 1060-something, but I'm going to go 914 with 681 in the United States. So I'm going to stick to that 914 and 681 I'm sure going to be off, but I don't know. I just keep feeling like it's just going to snap back to reality a little bit here soon. Uh, let's see. You've got one more UFO story. Uh, so UFOs have received a little positive press this week, courtesy of former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Uh, it's been like pretty much the second biggest UFO story in the last uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, Reed appeared on the cyber podcast from Motherboard, which, of course, Motherboard explores UFOs and the paranormal, uh, really heavy on the UFO stuff. Uh, Reed said he's done more than any other lawmaker to support the search for UFOs, but that statement doesn't mean much because no one else is doing anything. Uh, Reed was the backbone of the Advanced Aerospace Threat and Identification Program, or otherwise known as ATIP, as well as the Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Applications Program. I guess that's OSAP. Should have put an N in there. Should have, could have been OSNAP, but I guess it's OSAP. Uh, both of these operated from 
2007 to 2012 on a congressional black budget of about $22 million. Take or leave a nickel or two. Uh, Reed said, quote, I look at it this way. The world as we know it today is extremely large. It's so big, I can't comprehend it. And I think that we as human beings have to be a little short-sighted if we think we're the only species in the entire universe. In the entire universe, there is for sure more than one species, unquote. So politicians generally sidestep talking about little green men. It's not really good for your political future. Most people frown on that. I mean, yeah, we're a minority here, people that, that think that this stuff is real. Uh, most people don't. Most people scoff at this, so they, they kind of sidestep it. They don't want to get involved with it. Um, little green men are extraterrestrials. Uh, well, Reed seems to feel that talking about strange things in the sky, well, it can't be separated from talking about aliens. He says, quote, I don't think you can separate them. I think it's all one big basket of stuff. We learned with the work that we did that the sightings of aerial phenomena has not been seen by a couple dozen people, not by a couple hundred people, thousands of people, thousands of people. Uh, we have that down pretty pat. We know that unusual things have happened over decades on a regular basis. And we know that in the Dakotas, a missile launching facility has been shut down because of something over them basically shutting off the power to them. We know the accounts off the coast of San Diego where ships have found these unusual things in the water and shut down the communications on the ships, unquote. Uh, Reed stresses that while we should have no boundaries in what we search for, people should not be afraid of what is out there. Reed also stated that with the three videos released by Tom DeLonge's To The Stars Academy, and as well as recently acknowledged by the Department of Defense, these only scratch the surface of what remains classified and basically not yet available to the general public, which has got us all salivating. We want to know what else is out there. Are there better videos? I mean, I mean, really and truly, I, I know some people are going to roll their eyes, but those three videos, eh, there's some explanations for those. They're not all cut and dry that they're alien type crafts or things that, that defy physical logic. I think there's some, some logical ways we could explain those. Uh, but what else is out there? I'd really like to see that. Uh, the Pentagon has recently stated that ATIP was not studying UFOs, which was confusing because it goes against what they said previously and also goes against what Reed and Luis Elizondo had previously stated about the organizations. So why are UFOs still taboo despite the mounting evidence kind of pointing in their direction. Where Reed stated, quote, I think the legislators are afraid to do this for fear they'll be charged with wasting taxpayer dollars. Even some of my staff told me to stay away from all this, but I never looked back. It was something I was interested in. I thought it was something that the government should be involved in. And I think we have the Pentagon and other government officials don't continue work on this is really an unfortunate thing for the country because other countries are doing it. Unquote. So 
I mean, UFOs have, have wedged their way into the political landscapes. I mean, it's obviously not as much as uh, the environment or, uh, you know, gas prices are going to war or um, how crazy the president can be or anything like that. It's not, uh, you know, the budget and all these. It's not like that important. But it's starting to be something that people are talking about more and more. And it's interesting because now we've heard more politicians make comments about this without the without a smirk, of course. Uh, so it's starting to become a little bit more a piece of the landscape. And who knows? You know, down the road, this could be a serious talking point for when uh, you know debates are occurring. You know, there could be a question: How do you feel about UFOs and potential life from outer space? Who who knows how important this could be? And uh, obviously, the more that people are involved in this, especially in politics, the better chance that we have of a little bit more disclosure of information. I, I don't – I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think the government really knows much more than what we know. I think they're just as baffled or confused by videos and by information than – just as much as we are. I, I don't think they have secret knowledge. I don't think they're – reverse engineering anything. They have these weird planes or anything in, in the hangars. Uh, I think they're just as out in the dark as everyone else is. That's my, that's my uh, personal uh, viewpoint on that. So thank you, Harry Reid, for getting this out there. And, you know, we haven't had too, too many people in the government really pushing for these things. So it's good to have somebody like this. Hopefully it just doesn't disappear or something bad happens, but uh, stranger things have happened. So let me throw that link there in the chat room. We got one more story coming up. Of course, if you forgot, it's about crop circles. Not those kind of crops. Crop circles, which we don't really get to talk about too much. But this is a story that was floating around a little bit last month. And... I don't know. All of a sudden, just really got popular. Yeah, I'm sorry. No ghost news this week. Nothing in the ghost news. Um, so, yeah, it's been a while since I've talked about crop circles or had a crop circle story on here. Uh, back in April, an image of a crop circle that looks similar to the Microsoft logo. No, the little looks like a little flag kind of thing. No. Uh, uh, surrounded by basically the crown shape. It's similar to the coronaviruses uh, that has been made popular. Uh, so some on social media claimed the crop circle was created as protest art and was somewhere in the United Kingdom. Well, part of that's true. Uh, the uh, crop circle was in the United Kingdom, uh, but... The image of the circle was digitally manipulated by a photograph that was taken in the summer of 2004 in a wheat field in Wiltshire, England. And I'll upload the original picture uh, in the chat room here so you guys can get a, a glance. If you've not seen this, that's uh, pretty cool. They did a pretty good job of digitally manipulating this, and I can see why people fell for it. Or were confused. I think a lot of people are easily confused. That's just between you and I. Uh, don't tell anybody I said that. Uh, so in the chat room now, 
Oh no, it didn't work. Oh heavens. Technology at its greatest. So the whoa. So the original one is uh, these like six six different weird shapes. Uh, successful. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh no. Ah, technology. Figures. Is that working? That didn't work. Not found. Ah, broke something. Broke the internet again. Uh, but anyway, it's um, there's a nice. Well, I'll post the story. In the story, you can see the um, what they look like. It's is basically um, the one on the right is the fake, and the one on the left is real. So, if it's real, did aliens create it? I guess maybe that's what people are wondering. Did aliens create this crop circle? I don't know. Well, there it is. Uh, finally, in chat, overcome um, the uh, technological failures here. So on the left there, you can see the real one. And on the right, the fake one, which is kind of misleading because they're both fake, really. It's, it's, it's Neither one of them is real. Um, you can click on that image, yes, and you can make it bigger. Won't make it any more real. So you can see there on the right, the Microsoft logo, loosely, loosely, the little four little windows. And uh, I mean, yeah, if Apple made a car, would it have windows? Always wondered that. Uh, so yeah, and it's got the little coronavirus little thingy doodads over it. But uh, the original photograph there on the left versus the doctored photo, let's just say doctored on the right there. Uh, so don't worry, during the week, if you're not in the chat room, I'll send out links to this story through my social media outlets. Uh, so Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Insider, or Twitter, which is at paranewsinsider. Uh, don't worry, you don't have to follow both because all the information goes through Facebook and then it comes out of Twitter. So it goes in one end and out the other. Well, did I say that right? I don't know. Um, so I got both of those covered. And uh, when you click on the links, uh, this photo will be in that story. And anytime I do anything like that, I make sure if I'm sharing photographs, if it's not, in a story, sometimes I come up with them myself. I'll try to do a blog entry about that. I know. Promises, promises. Um, book reviews. Yeah, I'd really, what's weird about that is I, I bought a new bookcase. I've got so many books. Uh, I broke one of my bookcases bringing it over, so I had to buy a new one for that. Uh, but I bought a whole brand new giant, um, how many shelves are there? One, two, three, four, five, five shelves for all my paranormal books and it, it's stuffed literally stuffed so possibly we'll go back to the book of the week i'm trying to get some people to donate some books um a lot of people want to come on the show as guests that write books but uh i'm not sure about that um because once that floodgates open it's open uh, but possibly book of the week or at least start talking about books again because i think 
without these conferences and conventions right now, we got to fill in the gap somehow. Um, so yeah, back to these crop circles. So was that really a genuine crop circle in that in that photograph back in two thousand four? Well, was it created by aliens? Probably not. Uh, an overwhelming majority of crop circles are created by hoaxers, and some are created for viral marketing campaigns. Yes. Uh, no, that's not true. We had. Uh, um, oh boy, I can't can't believe I can't remember her name. She was a uh, UFO researcher from Pennsylvania. She was on the show. Why can't I remember her name? She was a, a guest at my conference. Why can't I remember her name? That'll come to me after the show's over. But yeah, I've had one official guest, other than Batman, was a guest. He was a very rude guest, indeed. Um, that's going to drive me crazy. What was her name? Um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I know I'm going to see it. Shoot. I can't remember. Um, anyway, I, I owe her an apology. I can't remember what her name was. She's... Anyway... Lots to remember. So much to forget. Uh, that is it for this week. Don't forget, I should be back next week. I hope to be back uh, next week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see anything going on. So, schedule is clear. Um uh, so, yeah, we will be back next week. And, uh, yeah, oh, I knew I was going to say uh, book of the week. So if, if you have any uh, book that you want to recommend, granted, I usually like to read a book before I talk about a book. So if I'm going to recommend something, I want to be able to read it before I recommend it. I just don't recommend blindly books that people just say, hey, I wrote this book. You got to talk about it on your show. Uh, I might not like it. Not to be rude, but I, I might not like it, and the reader, or the, the listeners might not like it either. Uh, so I want to make sure that uh, I read the book, have an idea of the book. So if you have a book, uh, you don't have to send me a physical copy. You want to send me a PDF. I will not give it out. Trust me, that happened to me. I will never do that to anybody. And uh, give it a read and talk about it here on the show because I do think we need to get back to that, a book of the week. Here on the show. Uh, so with that, I will see you next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, and the hair standing on the back of your neck. And always keep your mind slightly ajar. I mean, the hair is standing on the back of your neck because you can't get a haircut. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.